Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. With Scott Mitchell and Alex Keurig, presented by G2G Bars. On 97.5 the KSL Sports Zone. Hey everybody, welcome on in. It's Unrivaled, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Alex Curie, Scott Mitchell, and you. Thanks for being a part of the program. Uh, as always, downloading the podcast is a simple decision to make. It's a simple subscription you can get yourself on. Just get yourself all of the shows across the board on the KSL Sports Zone all day. Download it anywhere you find your podcast. Uh, and we appreciate the support. You can also go to kslsports.com and click on the uh, podcast button there and listen in as well and stream it all day. Uh, literally no excuse for you not to hear the shows across the day. Did I get all that right, Scott? That sound right? You nailed it, Alex. Right. You are on a roll. Appreciate you. Uh, let me see here. One of our favorite uh, guests of all time. Joining us on the program right now, Dave McCann from BYU TV. Let's kick off everything as we always do with the cut. The unquestioned, undeniable, unrivaled, top sports story of the hour. Here's what made the cut. The cut and our show brought to you by G2G Bars. All natural ingredients, plenty of protein. Anybody who needs that uh, quick, tasty, nutritious boost found in the refrigerated section at Costco, Associated Foods, etc. Dave McCann, BYU TV, former KSL colleague of ours. Uh, used to wandering in the studios, uh, and now he still does it, but now just via the phone. So, Dave, thanks for hanging out with us, man. <laughs> the only thing different is uh, you actually have to call me I know. to get on the show. It's not as, as fun. To me just coming in. Like, we'd be like a uh, breaking story, and then it would be like, no, no, Dave's got his own breaking story. He would literally break the door <laughs> down. We'd, it would get kicked in. He's like, I got something to say. My favorite part was Dave would just burst in, and it, 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 when you walk into the KSL studios downstairs – you're in front of a mic essentially right when you walk in the door. So he would just yeah. burst in the door and then just stand at the mic and like look at Jeremy like, <laughs> I'm ready to go. And we'd be like, I don't know where Dave's going, but you know what? He's earned this right. Well, he did it. And we just I'd let be, you speak so we could get desk. rid of you. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be at my desk and I'd just be minding my own business. And then the, the red light would go on, mm-hmm. which was like a save the show light. And so then I just, whatever <laughs> I was doing, I just got up and ran down the hall and and walked in. Yeah. You know what? We should have returned the favor on TV. Just walked onto the set. <laughs> Deanie, scoot over. Deanie, scoot over. We got something yeah. to say. Deanie, do you mind if we sit down, <laughs> down for a minute? Could you... <laughs> uh, hey, you got to see all of the festivities that surround an event like uh, All-Star Weekend. 
How much is that, like th- those types of events, how important are they for the state and kind of us? Like, we want to get validated, you know, kind of across the sports world, but we're certainly trying to improve our footprint here when it comes to adding more teams and things like that. Does that go a long way? Because you watched Vegas grow for all those years and then and then get those franchises that, that have just been rolling in, it seems like, over the last couple. I think it's important to be able to show you can handle big events like uh, Salt Lake did with the Olympics. And people still talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it's big to, to have big events that go off and, and there aren't issues and um, everyone has a good time and everyone leaves safely. Uh, and the next time it comes around that Utah's a possibility for something, there's a reference point of, you know, the All-Star game was there and that went great. Um, could they handle a major league type thing or could they, you know, some of the bigger things down the road? It all starts with these kinds of things. So I think it is significant. Uh, you recently spoke with uh, John Beck, and it was kind of interesting. Uh, I would be curious to hear what his take was. You know, he spoke about these three quarterbacks from BYU, Zach Wilson, Jaron Hall, and Keaton Slovis, and they're they're all kind of in in interesting place. Zach's been in the NFL for a couple of years. Jaron's headed to the NFL, and then, of course, Keaton is is headed to BYU this year. What, what, what was your sense from what John Beck had to say about each one of these guys? It's interesting that, that one guy has a relationship with all three that have a direct impact on, on BYU and then, and then beyond. But his take on Zach was this needs to be a, an offseason to redefine himself, recreate himself, and, and learn how that winning in the NFL is different than winning in college. And he's going to have a veteran in front of him, and it's time for him to learn. And uh, that's on Zach now to to change his game and learn and then get back out on the field and, and produce. And, and Beck thinks he can do that. Uh, Jaron has been working with uh, John. He said his, his throwing's great. He, he retweaked that high ankle sprain on the third day of practice at the Senior Bowl, which is why he didn't play right. in the Senior Bowl. But um, he believes that he's got a spot in the NFL. I said, well, when, what round do you think? And he said he's heard as, as high as two or three. And he said that the draft is so fickle that it could also drop to the middle rounds. Um, and I think, uh, you know, coming out of the combine here coming up, they should have a better handle on what teams are saying, if you're in this round, we're going to select you. And then Slovis, he believes, is uh, the healthiest he's ever seen him. He's been working with him now for a few seasons. Um, and he, he believes that Keaton is a fit for Aaron Roderick and BYU. And that's why he recommended Keaton to consider BYU, and he recommended BYU to consider Keaton. And um, that's how they got together. And uh, and Slovis, I haven't talked to Slovis for a few weeks, but Beck says that, uh, that Slovis uh, is just thrilled with um, what he's seen so far, throwing with the guys, and his fit at BYU, he said, is even better than, than, uh, than he could have hoped for. So... John's optimistic for all three quarterbacks, but they've all got challenges coming up. The schedule came out, and we chatted a little bit about it when it when it did, and uh, you know what that's going to look like, and 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 now with Texas and OU kind of getting that whole thing wrapped up, what is the future of the Big Twelve? Do you think is it? Do you think it's the most beneficial for Brett Yormark to just go look? We're going to uh, add teams. We're, we're looking to add teams, and it, it seems like they're aggressive. But but really, where in the next four or five years does the Big 12 go if it wants to keep uh, kind of maintaining that uh, that energy that they've got now with, the, with four new programs and then Texas and Oklahoma leaving? 
probably got to do something if they want to maintain their spot in the just outside the big two. Um, and so that means you've got to add a Washington and Oregon um, if you can, or even four teams from the Pac-12. If it's all positioning to be the next best, I kind of think right now with Texas and Oklahoma, they are the next best. Uh, when those two leave, um, it'll be interesting to see. But but Yormack's certainly out shopping, and he said he's he wants to get into this fourth time zone and um, or third time zone. I don't know about Hawaii, but uh, <laughs> he wants to expand to the coast. There's only a few options that add anything to the Big 12 by expanding that way. And so I think he's going to do it. It's just a matter of when, and it might be – might be sooner than later, but I don't know. No one does. I think everyone's waiting to see what the Pac-12 TV deal looks like. And then everyone's going to look at Oregon and say, is that good enough? And if it's not, you know they're out. Um, and if it is, then the Pac-12 maintains and stays together for a while. Yeah, I know everyone talked about the four corner schools, but I, I 100% agree. And I, I've been saying this on our show now for some time. The, the, the media rights deal for the Pac-12 better be really good. Or I could see it making total sense for Oregon and Washington to go to the Big 12. I mean, they would immediately be uh, the probably the more recognizable brands in the whole conference. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, you know, those are two strong, strong schools. And with with Texas and Oklahoma leaving, you know, it puts them in a, in a nice position, and uh, and the, and it accomplishes what Brett, Brett Yormark uh, mentioned. But I, I'm I'm curious because I you know I thought through this and. Would there be a scenario that would make sense for Colorado and Utah and Arizona and Arizona State to become members of the of the Big Twelve? Maybe if that's all you could get. Uh, I used to think that would be a slam dunk, but if you listen to your mark, he's into land conquering, time zone conquering, and a second team in Utah doesn't fit that at all. Um, and in Arizona, you got you got Tucson, and and then you got the Phoenix area. I'm not sure you want two Arizona schools if you're just into a land grab. Um, and so I don't know about the four anymore. I used to think they'd just do that and be good, but the Big Ten doesn't look like they want Oregon and Washington, and so that's kind of been the hangup. I think I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if the Big Twelve said. Oregon, Washington come in for a certain number of years, and if the Big Ten expands and they want you, there'll be a way where you can get out because it will so impair the Pac-12 and allow the Big 12 to be positioned, again, just outside the Big Two. But I think he might might go for something like that. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com 
follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen. Uh, Dave McCain joining us here on Unrivaled as we uh, chat a little bit about what the BYU offseason has produced in terms of, uh, you know, now it's just a uh, – a couple of weeks away from from spring ball starting up, which is crazy because then that means we're about a month away after that from the spring game. And you learn a lot more in spring nowadays than you did uh, back in the day because all these guys enroll so early and so many guys uh, are on campus even out of high school to try to get that early kind of edge too. So spring has become the more more important than it ever has been, right? I think so. And, and with defense, it's going to be interesting because that was the coming out of last season, that was the area that got the most attention with the change in staff and, and philosophy. Uh, but, but a number of those guys um, aren't going to be participating in spring. Uh, ben Bywater and Max Tooley will be out. Uh, Justin Anna told us that the other night on, on the Wise Guys. They're recovering from their surgeries. So their next contact is going to be in fall camp ahead of the Big 12. And so as a defense, you know, you want to get all this stuff done in spring, but your two starting linebackers aren't on the field. So you, I think you just have to adjust to who's available and, and maybe more focus on the attitude as opposed to, um, uh, okay, U11, that's that's how we're going to do it uh, come the fall because everyone's healing up this offseason. Uh, you've got uh, BYU basketball. <laughs> uh, it's in a, a rather <laughs> uh, precarious position right now. And and I think a lot of people, you know, who follow it are probably pretty concerned and probably really concerned considering how strong the Big 12 is moving forward. Um, you, you, there's this article about maybe Mark Pope um, looking into the Kalani Sataki playbook. Tell, tell us a little bit about that. <laughs> yeah, that has got a, it's quite, a, quite a stir um, because at 15 and 15, after two years in the WCC, there is a challenge. And, and there is a problem to fix as you try to sell hope for the future in a league that's 10 times tougher than the current one, and ticket prices are going to be so much higher than the current prices. There's a lot of work to do, and, and I thought there were some similarities with what Kalani did coming out of a disappointing football season at 8-5. and five. They won their last four, but that going 0 for October was, was brutal, and he had to make some hard decisions. And it's tough to be a head coach. Um, and, and he made those choices. And, and in a matter of a few weeks after Jay Hill was hired, and then Justin Enna, and then Papinga, and Palua, and, and, and that group restored hope in the process of BYU getting ready for the Big 12. The schedule comes out. It's celebrated instead of feared. And they march into spring as if uh, they didn't go 8-5, and five, as if they were 10-2. and two. They didn't go 10-2. and two. They did go 8-5, and five, and they've got all those things to address. But I thought Kalani did the things he had to do to reassure the paying fan base that the direction is, is, is where it needs to go. And we've kind of seen that response, and I know you guys have too. So here comes basketball at 16-14, and 14, which is probably the equivalent of 8-5 and five in football. Um, and, and Mark Pope has some similar – decisions to make what what changes is he going to do to restore the fan base to believing that going into the big 12 is is going to be awesome which i think it is but it's not going to just go right to the bottom of the big 12 but there's hope and reason to invest and grow and and all those things 
And, and he's got Kalani as an example. I don't know if he'll call him. He probably won't. But here's a coach that had the same PR challenge that Pope is going to have once this season ends. And we'll see what he does. He's a smart guy, and, and uh, he's recruited the world. They've, they've tried some things in the portal, hits and misses, a lot of misses. But, um, you know, it's, 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 tough to, it's tough to have that kind of a job. But the expectations are. You can't be 15 and 15 in your third and fourth seasons in the WCC. So there's, there's got to be a reboot coming, and you know that's kind of on him. Uh, Dave McCann joining us here as we work through some of the offseason uh, football things when it comes to BYU and also the uh, in-season basketball struggles over the last few games that BYU's had. Because as soon as they won those three in a row or four in a row, we were like, hey, now, looks like they're back on track and then arguably go into a worse stretch than they had even before then. Uh, let's talk a little bit about what the travel is going to be like for this athletic program, because I was thinking about how much money that commitment's going to be from Tom Holmo and, and, uh, and the school now. And we've heard so much about how all these other programs inside of these athletic programs are going to be just taxed with all the travel and all the things going on. How well equipped are the rest of these teams inside the athletic department, uh, you know, going to be, start July 1 or July 31st, or I can't remember what the actual date is of going to the Big 12, when everybody's going to have to start hitting the road to some really far-out places uh, for long stretches? It's going to be an adjustment for sure, uh, especially for like the baseball team, which will play three- or four-game series. Volleyball plays usually two days' worth of games. Um, the one-and-dones like soccer go all the way out and then come back. Uh, it's, it's going to be nothing that they've ever dealt with before. Um, all you can do is call somebody who's been through it, um, and we're going to see it with USC and UCLA as well. The football, I don't think it matters. You know, get on a plane, you get anywhere in three hours, and it's just once a week. And half the games are scattered, and the other half are, are in your stadium. The other sports will be a little more challenging. We'll see what basketball does, if they, how they put road swings together. But it's not about academics anymore. We know that. And it's really not about money anymore because the money that they throw at these leagues pays for all that travel. And uh, so not saying, hey, we're going to send all your teams around the country. By the way, you've got a meager budget. Uh, they come in and go, hey, we're paying you $50 million. So don't complain. And um, I, I, so I think those sports that play more than one game uh, in settings like, like – uh, you could send the baseball team out. They could be gone for two, two, two weeks at a time. And, right. and what does that do to their academics? And, and, and are you even worried about that anymore? <laughs> um, we'll see. That's the changing face of sports. Is it's now go play the games and play them on TV, and um, everything else can get worked out in the off season. Apparently, GPAs must be considered in that. He's probably our most famous uh, Twitch streamer that we know. He's Dave McCann. Uh, you can see him on Wise Guys, of course, WiseGuys, YSGuys.com, where you can uh, see he and, and Blaine Fowler in their Wise Guys podcast on YouTube. Uh, you can also uh, engage on Twitter or on uh, Twitch as well and on Twitter too. But, uh, Dave, we appreciate it, man, and we love having you on the program. And so I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that when, uh, the spring stuff really starts to get going, we're going to have you on a couple more times again as well. So thanks for hanging out, dude. Hey, anytime, guys. See ya. There you go. There's Dave McCann. You know, I was watching one of uh, the Wise Guys podcasts. Yeah, when they had Danny Ainge on as 
Fascinating. Actually, yeah, that was a really good one. And, I went uh, back and watched that one based off of your recommendation because yeah. you know he kind of threw in a lot of uh, interesting stuff in there. Yeah. yeah. But uh, the one, the one that was really good was with Mark Wilson. Old BYU quarterback, and uh, it was it was fascinating because you know that that's kind of an era where I grew up, and I was a huge fan of Mark Wilson, still am today. And uh, it was just fun to to get because Mark's pretty uh, he's pretty candid, you know he's he doesn't doesn't sugarcoat a lot of things and kind of tells it how it is. And uh, it was just it was fascinating to hear kind of some of the some of the moves that Lavelle made that kind of came out of almost a mutiny in some regards. Mm. And how you know, and and again, it's it's one of those, you know, that's what was so great about Lavelle Edwards. You're kind of talking about great coaches is, you know, he he was a guy that would listen to good advice and implement it, and recognize when maybe someone had a better idea than him. You can only build your team with one number six in a BYU uniform all the oh. time. And they've all been. They've all had their number six retired. Mm. You've got uh, Mark Wilson. You have Robbie Bosco. Yeah, and you have Luke Staley, who was the Doe yeah. Walker Award winner. Ah. You can build your guy. You can build your team around one of these guys. Mark Wilson over the national champ Mark, over the Mark, Natty. Mark Mark Wilson over the best running back maybe in uh, school Mark history. Wilson. All right, yeah. Just because you saw that Wise Guys episode, no. and it's from your era. No, yeah. Bo- Robbie Bosco was from my era. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Luke Staley is after my era, but but he's tremendous. I watched uh, uh, Robbie Bosco's junior year. I watched every game they played. Mm-hmm. Big BYU fan back then, right? Yeah. Let's take a break. I was a bigger BYU fan back then when than Dave McCann. <laughs> I don't know if that's possible. It's possible. His dad was the uh, yeah. His dad was the executive director of the Cougar Club. Fine, I'm related to Lavelle Edwards. <laughs> I got blood in the game here, buddy. <laughs> I was exiled from the family. Uh, I was going to say, how's that but, going uh, now? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, my goodness. I was sold into Egypt. <laughs> I thought it was weird you got that BYU tattoo on your back before you even graduated yeah, high school. Now you regret that, huh? All right. Let's take a break. We'll come back. When we return, more stuff around the corner. You don't want to miss any of it. Uh, by the way, Hans and Scotty are going to be at the NPS store in Salt Lake at uh, 1600 Empire Road tomorrow. Uh, that's the MPS store, mpsstore.com. We're also going to be at the Mountain America Expo Center, by the way, by way of announcement. Tomorrow we're going to be there. Third week in a row we're at the Expo Center. Oh, yeah. Tomorrow is for the uh, Vacation and Snow Expo. So we're talking about snow sports. Now, you got that look on your face like, oh, boy, Sweet. I'm going to get caught buying something tomorrow. Again. I know. You're going to have to tie me up. <laughs> All right. We'll come back. More to go around the corner. Stay with us, 97.5 V KSL Sports Zone. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.